My friends, I cannot think of a time when we needed today's gospel more than we do today. While our country appears to be at a certain crossroads. Today, as our country is broiled in so much chaos and confusion, so much hatred and division, and so much apathy and spiritual indifference. A time when our church seems to be shrinking and only the faithful remnant remains. At this time, Jesus calls us to himself and sends us out two by two. Our families and friend groups, our co-workers and classmates, our neighbors and hot mess world are literally crying out to us, praying and hoping that we will answer God's call today. Today. There is a beautiful and no doubt intentional pattern to the various calls within Mark's gospel. Chapter one in Mark, he calls Peter. He calls his brother Andrew, as well as James and his brother John. Chapter two, he calls Levi, or Matthew, the tax collector. Chapter three, he calls the rest of the apostles. And today in Mark chapter six, we have the calling and sending out of the 12, the calling and sending out of each of us. Each of these calls follow the same intentional five-step pattern, which provides a sense for the necessary elements of discipleship. First in all of these calls, and our call as well, is entering into solitude with Jesus. Be alone with the Lord. Then Jesus' freedom in choosing and calling each of us. It's a privileged call. It is an intentional call. Then our experience of the shared life of companionship with Jesus and the other disciples. Finally, and only after participating in these first four elements, being sent on mission. Mission to teach and to heal for the kingdom. Note as Father Simeon says, only the fifth involves any visible activity in the world. The other four are interior work and represent the substantial center of the disciples' experience with the visible apostolate as fruit. No one, he says, can be a disciple without first being a contemplative. My friends, today Jesus summons the 12. He summons all of us. Three times Mark uses this verb. In Mark chapter 3, when he first called the apostles. Today in Mark 6, when he sends them out. And finally, in Mark 8, when Jesus summons the crowd. And then he says, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So important, this English translation of summon. You know, there's a certain authority, of course, realized by this translation. Summons are, of course, a call by someone of authority. They call us to appear before them, to come and to do something, perhaps. But a better translation is created. Created, or perhaps made. Jesus created us. 
He recreated us. He made us in his image. This, my friends, is inescapable. We cannot be anything but the image of God. Life's journey, as St. John of the Cross says, is to move from image toward likeness. God, of course, is love. He reveals this to us. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not jealous. It's not pompous or inflated. It's not rude. Love does not seek its own interests. It's not quick-tempered. doesn't brood over injury. Love never fails. God is love. We too, my friends, are called to be loved. Jesus made us to be this way. And there, then he sends us out. He desires to send us out and to bring him to others, to bring others to him. But before we can be sent, we must first be. We must simply be with Jesus. To first come to Jesus, well, he has his authority, he sends us. He first sends us to come to him and then to go to others, denying our own conflicting desires, perhaps always picking up our crosses and following him. He sends us, and he sends us with a plan. A surprising plan, perhaps. He tells us to take nothing for the journey. On its service, this may seem like sort of bad advice by the Lord. We may be tempted to think that our Lord has never been on a trip. After all, we spent a great deal of effort planning our vacations this summer. We're going to the beach. We pack our suitcases, we jam the car with stuff, we take all kinds of stuff. Much of it needed, perhaps much of it not. But to take nothing? Well, he's telling us to take nothing but him. To take him. We take the Lord. Mark tells us to take Jesus, and unlike Matthew's gospel, he tells us to wear sandals and, not, and to take a walking stick. This is emblematic, of course, no doubt a reference to the exodus from Egypt when they ate that first Passover meal with sandals on their feet and staff in their hand. Sandals, a symbol of the exodus, a symbol of freedom from slavery. It speaks to our dignity as human persons that he no longer calls us slaves. He calls us friends. This walking stick, of course, a symbol of power, a symbol of authority, that Jesus gave his power to the apostles, his first bishops, and all future bishops, and to all priests, but all the baptized as well. His power he gave us to help him bring about the kingdom. But it seems that the walking stick may also have been mentioned by Mark for a more practical reason. We are to bring something to lean on. Of course, we are to lean on the authority of the church, but we also lean on her sacred scriptures. We are to lean on her beautiful writings of the fathers and doctors of the church, these great spiritual classics that bring us so much fruit. We are to lean on our prayer lives, and we are to lean on the sacraments this Mass that we are celebrating so beautifully this morning, but also the sacrament of penance. There is so much support, so much to lean upon in the Church. 
We are to bring only things that are necessary and helpful for our journey through life. No second tunic. Like Adam and Eve, prior to their fall, we are to clothe ourselves in sanctifying grace. Baptismal garments of grace, if you will, and not garments of the world. Note that Jesus' plan involves going out two by two. We aren't to travel life's journey alone. Genesis, in fact, tells us it is not good for man to be alone. He made us, and then he made a suitable partner for us as well. My friends, in my prayer all week, the Lord's two-by-two reference, just on my heart and mind, was marriage. Marriage, we need good, holy, fruitful, faithful marriages out on mission reflecting the love and mercy of God, witnessing it to a world that so uh, increasingly rejects it, rejects him, rejects truth, beauty, and goodness. And I was praying with the wedding feast at Cana in John chapter 2. This 11th verse, so important for marital life. It says, Jesus did this, he went to this wedding, his party and change water into wine. He did this as the beginning of his signs in Cana in Galilee and so revealed his glory. And his disciples began to believe in him. Marriages are to reveal the glory of God. Marriages are to help others come to believe in him. This is what uh, marriage is about. Jesus sends us out in pairs, marital pairs, of course, but also non-married folks as well. And he knows we need each other. We are summoned to an important mission created for this purpose, and it requires teamwork. Priests and laity working together, family and friends working together. We all need spiritual partners uh, with us on this journey. Family, friends, co-workers, classmates, fellow parishioners walking with us on this journey. Don't try to travel the spiritual journey alone. Be careful, because our, there is a spiritual battle going on for our souls, the souls of our family members. As we travel life's journey, we will encounter things that do not help us achieve our ultimate goal, of course, heaven. When we encounter these things, we are to leave. We are to shake the dust off our feet in testimony against these things. Shake off anything that does not help us get closer to Christ. Sin, worldly affairs, whatever it is, shake off anything that distracts us of our mission to bring Jesus to others. Shake off any lack of confidence or even despair when it seems those we encounter do not love the Lord and his church as we desire. And move on. Move on. God will work on them in his time. Don't allow our seeming lack of success to detour us from our mission to bring Jesus to others. It's important that we first begin by being with him. And then we must act and share this great gift. You know, Cardinal Archbishop Schoenberg from Vienna was asked once, what are the obstacles, what are the opportunities for the new evangelization in Europe? 
Surely what he said applies to us here in the United States. He said, well, to me, it seems we are the obstacle. We are the obstacle. You spoke about St. Paul in prison. Imprisoned, yet he announced the good news with full trust and without any obstacles. How was St. Paul able to do this? Well, because he had no obstacle in himself. The first obstacle, the Cardinal says, we have to overcome is our unconverted heart and our fear to suffer for the gospel. So many people are waiting for the good news, he says, and the more our hearts are converted, the more we can give that to them. You know, my friends, early Friday morning I was praying uh, with Friday's gospel and in preparation for Holy Mass. This gospel says, Behold, I am sending you like sheep among, amidst wolves. Beware of men, for they will hand you over to courts and scourge you. Brother will hand over brother to death, and on and on. And I was simply wondering, why would anyone want to be a Christian? Why would anyone want to be a Christian if suffering seems to be our lot? Well, please, God, you know the answer to this wonder is because we have fallen in love. We've encountered the God of love and mercy, and we have been fallen in love with him, and we must. This is part of who we are. Our core identity is Christ, and we must share this gift with the other. My friends, don't be afraid to be a disciple on mission. But first, we must all seek solitude with Jesus. We must be generous as we enter into the silence. He chose us. He made us, recreated us in grace. We are his. We must abandon ourselves to him. Of course, within our state of life, and then experience the beautiful peace of companionship with him, living in that inner life of the Trinity and living in the sacramental life of this church. And then we must share this gift with another. Someone is counting on each of us today and throughout this week. My friends, we've got this, but only in Christ. And may God be praised. Amen.